minute share with the Broken for Better podcast. And we are a marriage ministry that believes that you can pick up something today to make your relationship better. Enjoy. Hey, welcome back. It's Broken for Better, Kurt and Danette, two best friends having conversation. That's right. Today we get to talk about money, money, money. Money. I think you missed a money. Money, 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 money. I don't know. I just, I like singing. (laughs) And yeah, the last couple let's weeks. Talk about it has had a song on my heart. So yeah. money. We're gonna talk <laughs> about how we spend it. Dollar bills. Dollar, dollar bill. We're gonna make it rain. Probably not. Probably not. We don't have much. <laughs> um, before we do that, I first want to thank you. Talking about money, I want to thank you for being supporters of us. Nice segue. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> your tone was funny. Thank you for being supporters of Thank Broken you. for Better. Yes. <laughs> we couldn't do what we do without you. And we know the time you invest here watching as well as those of you that are monthly supporters. Your investment into us truly is making an investment into marriages. Yeah. Um, and so we, from the bottom of our heart, say thank you, thank you, thank you. You are making a difference whether you realize it or not. Through our coaching sessions, through our workshops, through all the conversations we have, we're allowed to do that because of you. So thank you very much for your support. Yes. Also, July 28th. It's it close. Is this week. I know. It is this I'm week. Excited. Is prom. I can't Listen, wait. sign up. Still going to be some amazing spots. People have signed up. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful night. Yes. Uh, really looking forward to a lot of dancing, a lot of eating, a lot of laughter. A lot of memories. Lots of memories. That's right. That's it. <laughs> and uh, it'll be good. So yeah. sign up July 28th, right around the corner. Yeah. It's almost here. I know. I know. I'm hey, excited. why don't you take the lead on the oh, money? Let okay. me just let me just do the answering. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Good. <laughs> okay. So thinking of money, I was thinking about it a little bit because I knew we we're going to be talking about this subject. And who out of us, before we get started on like some principles and stuff, who out of us would you say? Because every couple is usually one spender, one saver, or maybe not even saver, but like thrifty one that, so like who out of us would you say is the spender and who's the saver or who is maybe even at times more generous. And so out of us, which one would you say, why are you smiling so big? (laughs) Because I feel like this is the softest way ever to throw me under You feel like it's a loaded question. Oh, like you're (laughs) laughing as you say it because this isn't even really a question. It is a question because Uh, every couple, I think people need to hear that that's a norm that there's usually one of of both in each couple. And it's usually not the spender that's pointing it out. (laughs) Like that's Touché. in our Touché. relationship by far. I am definitely the spender. You think so? I, I do <laughs> think so. Um, I do. And I, I feel like I spend only on things that are needed or important to me. Important to you. Okay. <laughs> that's so funny. Cause that's my next question. Oh, do you feel like, okay, so out of us, definitely, I'm the thriftier one. Like, I'm going to be the one that's hitting up the thrift store. I'm going to, like, research until I'm blue in the face for any kind of trip. So we're getting the best price possible so we can do more, make more memories. But for me, it's usually attached with, like, I want my dollar to go further so I can do more with the people that I love. So instead of, like, I guess for me, it's I want it to be quality, but also quantity. Like, I'd rather have a longer vacation than a really bougie short vacation. Or I'd rather have really affordable clothes but have a closet full instead of, like, two really nice 
name brand pieces. So like, what do you think is the difference there between like our, in our relationship? Well, I definitely think you have a closet full. <laughs> I do. Of clothes. <laughs> he wants me to clean it out so bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, first off, I will tell you, I, I appreciate, and I don't think I say this ever, but I'll say it now. I do appreciate the thrifty side of you. So I'm not that way. I I spend and I want to spend a lot and I want the best and I want it right now and I don't want to wait. So I'm for sure the spender, <laughs> especially on things that are important to me. But I think... And people that are important to you. You don't have a problem spending money on people you... No, I do feel like the generosity piece too. I don't mind. Yeah. Like I love blessing people and uh, doing what I can to help people. Yeah. Um, For sure. But, you know, for sure. I know, I know that I, you know, I know that it's 100% me as a spender. You know, I think it's okay to be that way. Um, I don't think it creates tension, but I think it's got to be really open, com- openly communicated. If I was a spender and I was spending everything behind the scenes mm. to where you never knew about it or I never discussed it with you, you don't do the books either. So you may have this perception of what our life is and okay, I know what our income is. I know what our outgo is, I think. And so what's outgoing is less than what's incoming. So mm-hmm. in your mind, you're thinking, okay, I'm good. If the reality is that I'm not having those communicate those talks with you and we're not communicating on that kind of stuff and I'm just out spending, 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 right. well then what happens is now there's a complete disconnect of our finances to where one day when you need to go spend or something comes up and you have to look at me and I go, oh no, I bought all these things that you didn't know about so we don't <laughs> have that money. Now we've created financial tension. Yeah. I think the other point of it too, you know, is because I'm, because I'm the spender and because for so many years you stayed at home and your your uh, job really was raising our boys in our home, mm-hmm. um, if I took the mindset that because I make the money, I can now freely spend the money and you don't have a say into that, well, now you see cr- real tension created in that place because if it's both of ours, yeah. then your job is, is as important as my job and how we spend those dollars is extremely important. Yeah. When I was researching, um, just, you know, obviously finances, it's a huge part of every marriage conversation or should be. Um, it's also a huge part of a lot of marriage tension and, you know, numbers are anywhere from 20 to 40% of all divorces are stated because of financial issues. And that's usually one's a spender, one's a saver. They just have different goals, different, you know, perspectives on all of that. And I came across a term that I never had really thought about. And I was like, wow, that is, that's, that's true. That rings true in in my heart, but it's the term financial infidelity. And it is the concept of so many marriages that struggle in the financial department is because one of them is being financially untrustworthy. And so it's like, man, because it, it can mm. it can be that big of an issue. Like when someone's keeping a secret from you on how they're spending their money or, you know, what they want to spend their money on. You know, my spouse isn't really going to appreciate this. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. She'll never know or he'll never know. Um, it's a form of infidelity. It's like a form of keeping secret. Do, how does that like relate to you or do you think that's strong? Do you think? I that's- don't know. Like I hear it and I go, oh, OK. Like I but, you know. Here's why I think that I have to think about it. Yeah. Infidelity is part of our story. Right. It nearly brought us down and ruined us. Absolutely, yeah. So that word infidelity is... So heavy. ...is really big for me. Um, 
when I look at finances, it's probably because I'm more open to you and you we discuss everything. Yeah. I can't really get to that kind of a place. Now, if you're in a relationship where you don't know what's happening and someone is out there spending, buying whatever they want, doing what they want, you have no say, you can't spend. Maybe it is that serious to where a word like that can be used. Mm. Um, I would almost flip it the other way, not even on spending, but on... Um, on acquiring it because mm-hmm. I could definitely see, you know, there being infidelity when, if I'm going to, if I spend my whole life trying to make it and I need more of it and I need into where I lose relationship with you because I'm gaining relationship with money, that, that is a break in relationship. Like I mm-hmm. could put it more there than I could on the spending, but that's just not our, uh, but it's see not for our me, zone. I take it the opposite way. Like I understand like if you definitely are, you know, money becomes your God and you know that your relationship, is hindered because of it, that, but for me, when I think of infidelity, I think of lack of trust, right? There's been mistrust and obviously it's it's usually physical or sexual, but when you're talking about lack of trust financially and you're supposed to both be in the same camp together or you're keeping secrets from your spouse, it's just easier to not get in trouble. You know, it's just easier to not, you know, have to have the conversation about why I spent X, Y, Z, um, or hiding the credit card statements or, you know, mm. it can still, it's just, it's a different form of mistrust. What you a know? terrible way to live. <laughs> if I was trying to hide the mail every time it came in. I have some mail you haven't seen, honey. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what if I had hey, like. Let me ask you this. Because today I bought a Jersey Mike sub. Yeah. That you didn't know about. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, it's just crazy. Because it actually brings me up to, to like an ideal or like a, a point. At what dollar sign or what amount should a couple have to have a conversation so when you you want to have open communication and of course there's all different tax brackets people make that are you know making money that we'll we'll never even dream about but or maybe oh, dream i dream about, about you it. dream about <laughs> <laughs> and then you know we've also been in the boat where we've been on food stamps we've had the you know kids on on medicaid and we really were struggling to have me- yeah, a decent meal on the table. We've been there, you know. So there's all different brackets. So it's kind of hard to like lump everybody in together. But what would you suggest to the couple that might have an issue? It's a it's a point of contention in their marriage when it comes to finances. Like what point do they need to have a conversation to app- approve, if you will? And I know that's an awful word because it sounds like you need permission. But so you're both on the same page. See, I, I don't think it's approved and I don't think it's permission. I just think it's unity. Mm. And, you know, I, I think it's perspective is everything. Yeah. And if I look at you and go, wow, there's this number that we've deemed and now I got to ask you permission. I'm looking at that as that I'm on a level that you're not. I shouldn't have to do that. Mm. Well, if a relationship is literally serving you dying to self so that I can better our relationship, it's not I have to do this. It's. I get to do this for the betterment of our relationship. So I believe it's perspective is everything as to the why we've created that number. Now, what's the number? I don't know. It could be five for some. It could be 5,000 for others. I wish that was our number. I wish that was our, I wish we could spend 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be great. Yeah. You know, but so I, I say take the number away. You know, if I care about my relationship and I care about our marriage and the financial stability of our marriage. And I know, Hey, I'm about to go buy this thing. And this thing is going to be a larger purchase than I really, uh, I mean, it's going to put us out on a limb. 
And financially, it's going to take some money from our account. Yeah. I should care enough about your heart and your mental state to go, hey, listen, I'm, I want to make this purchase. And we can talk about how we got there. Why are you making the purchase? You know, what's the plan out of it? How are we going to get rid of the debt? We can discuss all of that. But now we get to do that together. Whereas if I go buy it, now we're between a rock and a hard place. And you're looking at me going, hey, when did you go spend $3,500? Like, well, I didn't even know we spent that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I needed this paintball gun. Because that might have been a real thing. Oh, my gosh. Is that what that gun costs? No. <laughs> Moving on. Into our therapy session. No. <laughs> it was not 30 It was. I was going to say. No. Like, um, you we know, should but, have had that approved. <laughs> We were not unified um, in that decision. Okay, moving on. The, uh, you know, but if I go spend on something that without talking to you, it just it's just a potential. I'm not saying it is, but it's another potential form of selfishness. Yeah. And if you begin to look at, I'm selfish in my communication, I'm sef- selfish in my sexuality or my intimacy, I'm sexual in my relationship, my equity, my talking, all, and I'm sexual in my, or I'm sexual in my finances. Um, <laughs> that could be weird. Then what you're going to find is like, I've got all these areas that I'm just a little bit selfish. Hmm. Well, a bunch of a little places makes one big place. Of course, yeah. So, man, just really challenge yourself as to the why. I don't have to. If if I looked at that, if I have to, then yeah, then that's begrudgingly. And I don't, I shouldn't have to answer to you. You're, you're not my mom. Yeah. You know, that's where you begin to see that <laughs> stuff. And uh, so I just say, look at it, look at it unifying. Do everything you can to unify a relationship. Man, mm-hmm. why do we get to do this? We get to do this so that we can better ourselves. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So when you think back to our relationship, when, you know, you said a little earlier, I was a stay-at-home mom. I did you know, as much as I could to try to raise funds and, you know, everything around having the, you know, the boys. I did, there were, I did like babysitting at times. I made cakes, all those things. But compared to what you were making, because you were the main breadwinner outside of the home, I had three kids, sometimes extra kids. Um, so what I was able to contribute was just a splash in the pan, really. You know, it wasn't very much. It kind of helped with incidentals. It helped with maybe birthday parties or whatever. So when we were walking through that season, was there ever, I, I feel like my, I have a perspective of that season, but what was your perspective of that season with, did you ever feel like, okay, well, I'm the one earning all the money, so I should have like, yes. the, yeah. One hundred percent. You just said that. Matter of fact, I thought maybe you'd just, you know, maybe lay it out a little better. I mean, I but th- yeah, yes. 100%. Okay. So, so I think that in sitting with other couples, that is a real like crisis point for a lot of couples. Do you agree or disagree? One hundred percent agree. Um, but what I will tell you is, if we think back to those moments. Mm. The years I was having those moments, I was not a healthy me. Mm, That's right. Yeah. So because I was not a healthy me, it was very selfish in what I thought. Well, yes, I want to go do this with the guys or I want to go buy this and I am making the money. It wasn't about you. I mean, that was the season, you know, talk about infidelity. That was a lot of that during that season. And so my whole life was out of bounds. So because in that moment I thought that, would I think that now? Never. Hmm. I haven't had that thought in, I mean, 
so long because I really don't. I, I don't, you know, I appreciate what you do when you do it. I tell you all the time, I wish you would spend more. And I think that's where some of the tension comes in. Mm. You know, I feel like there's some times that like maybe I want to go spend. <laughs> and you're like, well, I don't think we need that. I'm like, well, I've been trying to get you. Like, you go pamper yourself. Go do your nail. Like, it's a big deal. Y'all, seriously. <laughs> it's a big deal, like an it's act of big, Congress it's for her to go deal. get her nails done. <laughs> we talk about it. She texts me. She calls me. Like, we're talking about fifty dollars. Wait, is that how much nails are? I don't no, know. Thirty. Where I go is thirty dollars. Okay, the number of our permission is definitely not thirty dollars. I don't know what it is, but it's not thirty. But that's that's where I think there's more tension in that. You know, here I want to spend. I want to enjoy life. I want to do some bougie things. I want to go to some nice restaurants. And I have a partner who's going. Listen, I love thrift stores, and I don't want to spend ten dollars on anything if I can get it free. So I think that we have more tension and conflict in that because. I'm always like, girl, treat yourself well. Like, go do something for yourself. But so that brings up a great point because I think when it comes to that financial tension, most of the tension comes for a lot of couples that we, we meet with. Most of that tension comes from different goals. You have two different people that might have very different goals. One wants a bank account that is, you know, healthy and large and you don't have to worry about the next one wants, would rather live in the moment spend the money make the things now so you can have that then you also have one that you know maybe sees more value in nice things and one sees more value in in making memories or personal you know t- time and so having those common goals is very 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 important and can I think the the bigger conversation doesn't even have to come because you can make memories and you can have nice things up to a certain point either or but you have to decide together on what's important as a couple and that sometimes can be a a huge disagreement I say have them both Hmm. have nice things make memories but all of that's done through communication Mm -hmm. it's not one or the other. You said it perfectly. And I love the way you said it. It's common goals. It's, man, let's take a trip where we make great memories. Oop, let's take a trip where we just totally pamper and do bougie. Like, enjoy it together. I think if I had to sacrifice everything that I wanted to just make memories, I could, I could get upset about that. Yeah. If you... Never got to do anything to make memories because I always wanted to do something fancy. Well, we're not we're not doing this life together. We're yeah. now I'm doing everything you want to do. It's not, and we are to like literally die to self to serve others. But that's two people doing that. So, man, find a find a moment. You know, it goes back to like our vacation things. Our vacation things. We said we should take two trips a year: one with family, and then one with you and I. Mm-hmm. one that we're just going to have the agenda. We're going to make all the memories. We're going to go do those things. And like, we're just going to really go from morning to night so that we have a bunch of pictures and a bunch of memories. <laughs> That's what we do with the family. That's excellent. Well, then we have a you and I trip. And what we want to do, we want to sit and do nothing other than like each other. Relax. <laughs> so, or relax. <laughs> so it's like both are good. But if I wanted every trip to be what I want, it's just another form of selfishness. So I, you know, I think everyone's going to tell you to be financially stable, plan accordingly, invest well. Honestly, I feel that way too, but I also know that I have a very finite time on this earth and 
I want to have an amazing time with my family and I want to make memories. I'm going to do the things and I want to have no regrets. And if that means I'm working till I'm old to do it, well, then so be it. You know, I'll just keep having fun and live life being smart with my finances, Mm -hmm. but very much in conversation with you. So together we can make a plan for our life. And as long as you're doing it together, there's certain ways to go about, you know, pursuing those goals. Right. So, you know, you come to me and say, man, I really, you know, maybe not in this season of life, but especially in the beginning of, of our marriage, I really have this goal. I want this TV, right? I think our family will really enjoy this TV. Uh, how come it always goes to the TV? Because you, you have a thing with TVs. He has a thing with <laughs> I TVs. I think, if, look, comment below <laughs> if you're a dude or you have a husband who just loves TVs. The Every new time we here, walk into below. a store, he has to check out the sale prices on the TVs. And we don't ever, we don't need a TV. And it's like, but did you see how much TV we could get for this price? And I'm like, but our TV works. Listen, but for someone who watches a lot of TV. I do watch a lot of TV. So think about watching (laughs) your, your Queen Elizabeth period pieces on a little tiny 15 inch TV. I love period dramas. Real life in person (laughs) cinematic theater right in front of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got a big TV now, and I'm thinking, you know, we probably could do a little bigger. I think it's great. Anyways, back to my point. What I was saying was, so let's say, like, you know, there was a time we didn't have a great TV. We didn't have a working TV, and I knew that was a big deal to you, right? That was how we watched movies as a family, whatever. So we we set, you know, a common goal to look. We found one on a great price. It wasn't like a whim purchase. It was like a, you know, we were good stewards about getting a good one same thing with those trips you know we are very good stewards with planning them out and we've had we've had trips where we did staycations we stayed in our home we like camped out on the floor to make it look like we were camping and then we just did things around town because that's all we could afford but those are some of the best memories it wasn't like our family members had to suffer or we would just put them back on the back burner and say one day like make the most of your day right now yes again with the financial planning all that's important but don't be so concerned and so consumed with making that your only goal that you just don't enjoy your here and now, you know? You know, one of the things I feel about financial planning is like I'm for it, but you got to always, even in financial planning, you've got to be ready for left hooks. Hmm. That's why I think you do plan so yeah. you can be sensible. Um, but even in that, being able to roll, if money moves you, and I and I'm telling you, this is like a a uh, honesty moment where you know I'm being very, just I'm speaking to my own heart. Yeah, I have to be guarded that my temperament, attitudes, emotions, and behavior don't go up and down based upon the bank account. Hmm. There were seasons of my life where we didn't have a lot, and when something happened, new new set of tires, I just would freak out. Like, I got to go get four more jobs. How are we going to pay for everything? And I'm just like an emotional roller coaster based on finances. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what a terrible, terrible way to live to be slave to that number in the bank account. Do we want more? Everyone wants more money. Do you wish you had more? Do you wish you could spend? Yeah, everybody, I would say, is that way. But just, man, don't let it, don't let dollars dictate your behaviors. Do you think that, that shift in your personality do you think that that was more based out of 
like the concept of I need to be successful, I want this, or do you think it was more based out of fear of how do I provide for these three little boys that are looking up at me? Do you think it was both and? What do I you think, think that drives? I think in that season of my life, it was I wanted more for me. Mm. Now, if I had more, y'all would get more. <laughs> if I had right. a nicer house, nicer cars, you would reap those benefits. But I wanted more for me. Mm. I think that first... You know, when God broke my heart and I and I turned my life over to him, you know, in 2006. And then within three or months, I'm having an interview with the church staff. And the guy looks at me and says, I can pay you $100 a week. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, before I even think about it, I'm in. Like, I, yes. Yeah, God broke something off of you at that moment. Because... In 2006, my life became about people. Mm. And people mattered more than anything else. Before that, I was driven to make more, to have more, because that's what mattered to me. That's where I found value. Now I find my value in spending time with people and watching lights come on in their eyes and mm -hmm. watching their marriages get better and watching their families stronger. And so my value system changed you know, I don't know that I ever looked at it has I think every guy I would think or every, um, you know, provider thinks, man, I got to do this to provide for those behind me. And I do. I mean, I, I understand on days I don't go to I don't want to go to work. Man, I got responsibilities, right. you know, that I have to do this for those people that are behind me. And yeah. And so, I, you know, I, I, I think we all innately do it because we have to. But. For me, it was very early selfish. You know, it was a very selfish motive. And when God broke me and a bunch of things, um, one of those was the need. Now, do I like nice things? I do. Yeah, no. Do I wish I had more nice things? I do. Man, I'm watching these dream home tours right now. <laughs> Let me tell you the house that you can get in Texas right now for $25 million. Okay, probably, why? Why do you need to even tell us that? I don't. Well, I'm just. I want to just tell dreaming. You, okay. I want nice things, <laughs> and it's a nice thing. We'll have a really nice palace one day. I don't know that it'll be here on this palace? side. Yes. Oh. I yeah. mean, on the other side. <laughs> I mean, in eternity. I'm <laughs> happy with that too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we sit in front of a lot of couples. Obviously, when we first started, uh, we. I don't even know that we did a, a budget together like I looking back I don't even remember us doing that do you remember? I don't think we did I think we kind of just willy-nilly got married like started trying to figure out where our money was going and then eventually we're like oh we probably should sit down and like actually see what we make and then actually what we can spend and so we didn't really do that at all but we sit in front of couples all the time that are you know going through premarital or coming in on the other side of already getting married and walking through some, you know, maybe some hard times. And one of the main questions we get is, do we have to combine our finances? Or should we combine our finances? Or is it okay to be financially independent? I got mine, you got yours, you deal with you, I deal with me. What are your thoughts on that? I think I know your thoughts. But for the person that's listening. I think you're going to set me up for some people <laughs> not to be happy with me no um, i think you need to be honest we've seen a lot of couples okay yeah. first two when we first got married yeah i've always done a budget 
you don't really care about the budget. <laughs> so, um, so, did we talk about it? We did have some meetings. I don't remember. But I, I remember. that's about how fast they were too. I was like, whatever, just tell me what we can't, what we have, we don't have. That's that's exactly right. So, you know, I think we have operated off a budget. Yeah. Mine are looser than some. I know people that use envelopes. I know people. Like we did try that for a we while. We tried that for a while. And then yeah. I was tired of having to carry cash everywhere. I just kept combining envelopes. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> That's not the purpose. <laughs> That's not our Old Dave it. wouldn't have been too happy with me, yeah. but uh you know. I don't think so. So what do I feel about combining accounts or having your own money? I'm about doing anything that creates unity and openness in your marriage. What a great way to answer that. So if having an account that your partner cannot use or does not know about so that you can do your own spending, if that's the greatest move for your marriage and that's what's healthiest and it works, so be it. I also think I spend a lot of times talking to couples and and doing enough research to know that there are many little minds that marriages step on Hmm. and one mind might not be a big deal 12 minds in a field is a big deal so look finding these areas where you have one more area where we don't communicate and oh i keep this little area secret and this is mine and not yours may seem very innocent yeah over a period of time and in an unhealthy state again healthy state maybe it works great in an unhealthy state or something that starts healthy and becomes unhealthy, mm-hmm. having pockets of secrecy that no one knows or doesn't touch, I don't see the benefit. And I've had too many sit in front of me where it didn't end well. Correct. But again, I'm not, man, that's, yeah, you know. And again, we're coming at this from the marriage coaching perspective side, not the financial yeah. advice side. because. <laughs> All we I can probably do is tell you, use one of those. We've had enough conversations where it didn't work that right. way. And I'm about unity, man. At any point, you should be able to look in and go, hey, I want the bank account. Right. Perfect. Here's the account. Go find it. It goes back to that financial infidelity kind of thing, concept again, right? If I ever have an issue where, you know, if I ask you to, hey, can I see your phone? And you, you don't want to give me your phone. All of a sudden, there's what? There's a flag there. Why? Because there's mistrust there's a reason why and it's the same concept with the bank account you know Mm -hmm. if I can't look at the bank account or I can't see what's happening at you know and sometimes there's needs for different accounts maybe you run a business or whatever and it doesn't even start out as anything you know lack of communication none of that is even a a cause of the start of it but it can just it can dwindle also if you don't you know constantly keep check on it and have conversation and it's just the matter of do do you find value in that person that you have said, I find value in and I want to walk hand in hand, hand in, you know? I mean, I don't know that you've ever, I don't, and maybe you have, but I don't know that you've ever looked at our business account. I have. But you're also a co-signer on it as well. Oh, yeah. So like every account that I've made, you are the co-signer. Oh, I have access to. And could at any moment go, so there is no, you know, it's not transparency. You may not even operate out of it, but you have the ability at any given moment to right. go, hey, let me take a look at it. 
Right. Excellent. Do and it. I don't feel the need to check in constantly because there is there hasn't been lack of trust. And I think that goes back to the same concept when you talk about sexuality, you talk about intimacy, you talk about all those things. There might be a season where there's lack of trust when it comes to your finances and rebuilding that trust might take here's the open books. Here's all the credit cards. Here's what we said we were going to spend for groceries and here's what I actually spent on yeah. groceries. And that's a hard conversation. It's, you know, it's a come to Jesus moment where you're like, here's the real deal. Like I kind of have some spending issues here. I I need to get help. And we've sat in front of couples that have brought in, you know, maybe excess expenses or excess baggage into the relationship. Yeah. And they're like, you know, I don't want to deal with my spouse's issues. This was their issue. They brought in this $20,000 worth of debt. That's not me. Mm-hmm. And so how do you coach a couple that comes in? Maybe one of them have a lot of financial baggage. Maybe both of them do. But how are they to look at it or tackle that as a couple? What would your advice be in in that kind of setting? Yeah, that happens a lot. Honestly, and that's even even more prevalent now with a lot of um, second marriages. Yeah. People coming in with with different things. And we're walking through a huge recession right now. I mean, I I think it's going to be more prevalent. Yeah. Possibly, you know, I I'm not the guy that says put off the union of marriage. Because of finances, there are people that say we'll get financially stable and do it. Um, I think in our own lives, we've watched even our children have those conversations with different school debts and things like that of, Hey, what is our plan? And what I always loved and what I totally admired was just work the plan. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Like if they waited until, Hey, I want to get financially free before we do this. Well, they may never get married. Yeah. But what they're doing is they're now saying, Hey, your (laughs) baggage that you're bringing in, that's now our baggage. So, You've got to be okay with my debt, and I need to be okay with your debt. It's like both ours. It's 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 like both ours. <laughs> <laughs> you know what movie that came from? It's not a good movie. Don't uh, don't you, plug that movie. Wait, yeah. what is it? It was a day of the week. I'll nice. Say that. Thank you. I'm so proud. It's like such a. You should be moment. proud. Of that. Well, I can't believe you watched like it, Beaufort's. but I'm surprised that you knew about that, it. That's both ours. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's open communication to say, "Hey, I have this kind of debt I'm bringing in." Hey, you have this kind of debt. And we talk about this in our premarital couples all the time. Yeah. Open and honest. What are we bringing in? Okay, great. Now, what's the plan on how we tackle it? Because you don't create a union where two become one, but hey, keep that separate and I'll keep mine separate. Yeah. No, I'm I'm okay bringing in your debt and you're okay. Me, bro. Ooh, <laughs> Got a hiccup. <laughs> yeah. You're okay. Okay, bringing in my debt and I'm okay. You know, and I just feel like those are the conversations that aren't had enough. Yeah. Well, it's a tangible thing, right? They're saying, oh my gosh, here's this amount of debt. But we're all bringing baggage in in different ways. Like I'm bringing in all my family trauma. I'm bringing in all my past experiences. I'm bringing in all of my, you know, sexual past, all those things. Whatever your story is, you're literally saying, here's my baggage. Will you take me as I am? Mm. Till death do us part, right? You're like for sickness and and sickness and in health. Well, sometimes our bank accounts are sick and sometimes our mental you know, state is mm. sick. And so, so it's like you have to, to, to distract or to take that out and say, I'll take all of you except for this part of you. You know, that's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get started with that, that being your first step into the threshold, you know, of like marriage that yeah. can be difficult. With that, 
and along the same exact lines is care enough to ask. Hmm. You know, where where it's kind of frustrating for me sometimes, right? Now, now that we're here. Now Thank that you, we're here. As we're sitting on this couch <laughs> together. Um, where it can be frustrating for me is you don't care about finances mm. until you care about finances. Yeah. Until I'm like, wait, right? why are we that? Yeah. Why are we struggling? And so <laughs> it's like, you know, and I'm like, well, hold on. Yeah. I've been dealing with these finances for six months, doing everything I can to make it work. All of a sudden now you pop in, don't like what you see, and you throw up red flags. Right. That can be, there's a tension point there. Yeah. Because now I'm like, man, I've been battling. Like, I've been trying to make this thing happen. Now you just jump in and jump on me. It's not what you think. So care enough to ask. Yeah. Hey, how are we doing? Hey, how can I help you? What I loved more than anything, every season of our life when finances has not been, you know, where it's not been the easiest, you have always been the one to go, what can I do? And when I think about all the little jobs that you've done to try to make <laughs> money, I mean, good night, you know? Oh, I got I got scammed on a lot of things, too. Oh, I wasn't going to bring that one up. I that did. Was a bad one. There was this, well, just real quick, there was this, like, bracelet-making company that supposedly hired you, and I made a hundred bracelets, y'all. A hundred bracelets. Do you remember how tiny those beads were? I stayed up to, like, two in the morning to, like, meet my requirement because I was going to help us. We needed money. And then they kept my bracelet and never sent my paycheck I was do you remember I was like weeping like that was my I was like I'm so because so not only did you not make but you lost a hundred like it cost you a hundred it cost me money for the material then they never sold my bracelets and never gave me a paycheck they just took all my money I wasn't <laughs> oh gosh was so good bad. times God, it, it but so I was bad. trying to be like you know I'm like I'm gonna Proverbs 31 this junk I'm gonna make stuff I'm gonna stay up <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna be good <laughs> and (laughs) yeah it was awful i wasn't gonna bring that up it was awful okay so to the couple that's watching that's like how do we take the first step what would you say like i would say the conversation has to happen not in the heat of the moment just like with every other topic we we have but what would you say to the couple that is like this has been a real stressor for our marriage what's the first step kurt like how do we start grab a coach if it's been a struggle to this point, you're probably not going to magically fix it. Get a financial coach in your world to go, hey, let's look at things. A third person point of view is mm-hmm. always the best. They have no dog in the fight. They get to say and see things objectively mm-hmm. and they can help create a plan that is easy to work out. But you've got to be willing to allow somebody to get in that world. Just, hey, listen, I have two married sons now. Right. They have their own finances doing their own thing. And my son, I love my oldest son, still sits with me and goes, hey, can we talk about a budget? Hey, can we look at this? Hey, what's your thought about this? Yeah. He could easily at his age, having his own business and his own finances with his own wife, he could easily keep that to himself and never ask. Well, in those third eyes don't have to be someone that's, you know, some guru it can be just someone that's like you said a third party that loves you or is you know wants the best for your family that you know okay they've had hard times and they've made it through how did you do it give me some advice it's a little you don't have to take long Mm -hmm. to look at somebody's bank account and what they're spending and what they're bringing in to begin to find gaps right it's very simple Mm -hmm. so 
you know, be willing to sit down with someone and go. Now, it may go deeper than that. You know, you may have had trauma issues when you were a kid. You may have to get some therapy in this. And, hey, I have a problem spending. Mm -hmm. I have a problem. Like, or we didn't have so much. So I just collect and collect and collect and collect. And now I have a million dollars in my mattress in the bed. And I don't want to spend anything. <laughs> you know, if you do, we are brokenforbetter.com. And you can <laughs> give now. <laughs> but, but um, you know, you may be in this place. And I'll just say, listen, let somebody in your world. Yeah. Don't put up walls around your relationship. Let people speak life into you so that your your marriage is better, that finances isn't a tenacious point. Mm -hmm. So finances isn't the thing to hold you back. No, let it be the thing that propels you, that you get to live and enjoy life together when a third person comes and goes, hey, you got to stop this, do this, maneuver this, and you'll be in great shape. Yeah. I would also say, you know, make sure that you always value the person over the paycheck because both of you have been brought together for a purpose mm -hmm. and some of you might, you know, there were times in our marriage when you were, the, you were for the most part, usually the main breadwinner, but then there was a season in our marriage when I was the main breadwinner for just a little while. Right. And, and that was kind of a hard, we had just walked kind through. Of? Yeah. It was Very a hard well. like transition because now all of a sudden I'm the main breadwinner and you're doing amazing things with ministry, but because your value years ago was so intertwined with, you know, making, you know, being the main breadwinner, that was a point of contention we had to work through and really walk through saying, okay, like we're still going to operate the way we've always operated. And, um, our voices both carry the same weight. That's a hard one. If you're marriage, you feel like one voice is heavier than the other, are there stronger personality? I'm not talking about that, but having the same value. My values are just as important as your values. Yeah. Um, my, my personhood is just as important as your personhood. And we're in this for each other and together and want the same yeah. things. We want the same goals. I remember. And, and seriously, thank you for just being you. I like the way you've always done what you've done for this family. But I remember when you were pregnant with Logan. I don't know the story you're saying, so I don't know which part. When did you work it out back? Oh, yeah. I was pregnant with Logan. Logan. Yeah. And I remember. Waiting tables. I'll tell you, that's some good tips, though. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Some nights you came home and it was. Yeah, yeah. But I remember you used to work the night shift, and I'm out. Like, I don't stay up late. Yeah. But I remember I was so, I think I was battling a couple things. One, here my wife's pregnant, out on her feet, swollen waiting tables getting screamed out by dudes <laughs> yeah, like I'm battling that and why in the world is my wife having to do that that's a whole personal battle that I had but then I'm also battling that I really can't make it better for you like it is what it is and man you're really helping us mm. and I remember I used to have to stay up <laughs> I would I didn't have to I would stay up you were on your shift and I would stay up and wait for you yeah uh, and you'd always come home like at 12 o'clock or something I mean crazy hours yeah and uh, come home in your little outback get up and we'd celebrate the... Smell like cheese fries. Well, it's because you had them. Because I'd always bring hey, them home. Bring eh? them home. <laughs> <laughs> That's what steak and mushrooms, dog. There I are some wins <laughs> in hard seasons. Yeah. We didn't have dinner, but we had mushrooms from outback. <laughs> yeah. um, but I remember, and I just, I know I don't say it enough and I probably don't say it. I know I don't say it publicly enough. I truly do value what you've given in different seasons and our whole marriage, but in different seasons you have stepped up and, and carried this family in a way that will never be forgotten. Mm. Well, thanks. I love you very much. Yeah. So 
I think just like, you know, most, most topics, are, the conversation goes back to the big C word, communication. Communication. Talk about communication, it. Communication. Talk about it. Have the hard conversations because your marriage is worth it. Your spouse is worth it. Your family and your future is worth it. It's worth the, it's worth the struggle now. It's worth the investment now, so that you can have an amazing marriage Amen. in the future. Hey, we say it every week. If uh, if this content has been beneficial for you, if broken for better has has given you anything that will make your marriage better, we'd love for you to join on the journey with us and uh, support. You can do that in the links below for sure. Um, through our website, we just. We value you and we just value doing this together. So thank you for for being a part of this. That's right. And we'll see you next time.